Okay, welcome into Audio Bistro episode 19. We got Tyson, who goes by tie-dye, right? Tidy. Tidy. How, many, how often do, you, do people get that one wrong? All the time. Okay. Worry. So, you know, I figured that was a common thing. I even had to do uh, some asking around. I was like, have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard of this the producer? And uh, I got the same... I guess I could have gone online and found it, but I got the same feedback tie-dye. So I was like, all right, I'm going to roll it and see what happens. Well, yeah, it's it's been a problem for my whole life. Um, the, the way it happened was that when I was like super, super young, like teens, um, yeah. my, my nickname, I don't know how it came about, was Tidy. People would just say, like, is that Tyson? I was Tidy. And, and I entered a DJ competition when I was super young, and uh, they spelled my name wrong. On the oh. on the thing, they spelt it with T Y D I. It was a typo, and I ended up winning the competition. And then so roll with it. And then I went with a second. I went into a separate DJ competition in Australia, and they must have looked at the previous one, and they spelt it T Y D I as well. And I won that comp as well. So <laughs> I just stuck with it. You found something magical by accident. Those yeah. are the best. That's the best to come across. I was like, like maybe, maybe, maybe it should just be spelled this way. But it is quite an like a enormous amount of nightmares because every time I'm on radio, people say tidy, sorry, tidy, tidy. But yeah, um, it is. I mean, honestly, I think tidy, tidy's cool. I figured tie had something to do with Tyson, maybe, and then, uh, and then tidy, tidy. Tie dye, tie dye debate was uh, up up well, in there, but I, I it, once it must have been a good omen, a, as good of an omen as it gets, to be honest. Because like I was gonna, I was gonna like, so, like to highlight yourself a little bit for context. So you're a big time DJ, you know, electric uh, electric house, you know, dance music producer. Um, of course. So funny enough, out of Australia, you were my or uh, not my second um, Australian artist. that had uh, an indie group called Highline come on here. Not too long ago, um, they were recently co- touring the West Coast. Found out that's a thing. Australia also has a West yeah, Coast. And they also call it the West well, Coast. <laughs> Australia is an island, so it's good. Yeah, a lot. The, the whole thing is just a. a we're, coast. we're surrounded by water, man. <laughs> exactly, um, but you know, you were talking about how you kind of came across DJing at a very young age, and you know, I, I, I saw this. You were ranked number one. At Junkie Australians Top DJs uh, in 2008 and 2009, and you were a teenager at that yeah, time. Yeah, I got the Justin Bieber effect that happened to me, which is like, uh, <laughs> like so at the time it was actually called Sony in the Mix. Um, I guess I guess they had a okay. company name change, but at the time it was, okay. um, I guess Australia's version of DJ Mag. You know the top 100. Okay. I don't like to take those things too seriously because they are popularity content. But for such a young age, it's so impressive. It's cool. It was like you know to to like wake up one morning and and find out that you've been voted the number one DJ in your country is wild. And when you're mm-hmm. in your, when you're in your like just about to be 20, and then it happens yeah. twice. Yeah. It's pretty pretty well, but but I don't put too much weight on it because mm-hmm. at the same time I was in the DJ Mag top one hundred in the world. Three yeah, times. that's another thing, like which is also just insane. <laughs> yeah, but it's, so the point I'm trying to make is that like I think at one point I ranked I can't remember because I I don't know it's like fifty three or like forty three or something like that, 
at some point. And Daft Punk was below me. And I think at, it was that point when I was like... R.I.P., by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad. Uh, but I think it was like that, at that point that I was like, this is not like really a good way to judge um, people's talent. Yeah. Like, I mean... I, you think they're maybe taking in their like whole music catalog in effect when doing those rankings as well? Or uh, see, they don't choose; it's a public vote. So that's what's annoying about it. Oh. It's, it's like, it, yeah. it, it's like how how much can we ask people to vote us up? And I got over it for a while. Like you know, I mean, I've, well, I am over it. But like you know, there was mm-hmm. I started to see how it worked, and it was like, vote, yeah. like everyone, the DJ Mac thing is open and. Vote for me, vote for me, vote for me. And it's just like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, a popularity, but not even based on talent. It's really based on reach and awareness. Like, how, ma- yeah, how many exactly. people can you get to click a button? And, you know, once you, once you realize that, <laughs> so, you know, it's cool. Like, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that I'm unhappy that I was three times. Yeah. In yeah. the top 100 DJs of the world, that's cool. But at the same time, yeah, resume at stacker. The same, at the same time, <laughs> should I have been placed above Daft Punk or you know these other acts like that are just ridiculously famous? No. So um, <laughs> I don't take it with too much uh, like you know seriousness. I I kind of think it's a bit it's a bit of a fucking well, joke. That's you know what that's fair and I love to know that now because now I'm going to think of it differently and now I'm going to have that story to think about every time I see that I mean there's I'm sure a lot of things are like that but I feel like it, the the one thing then you can take and uh, that is kind of a screams to your success you know your talent is being signed to you know Armin van Buren's label Armada at 17 now that is a real deal if if anything um so like first thing when I noticed that off the top of my head I was like. Have you met Armin? Uh, because yeah, it'd be, I, oh, it's because it'd be great for me to know that he is just a homie and a cool dude. Oh, dude, I think <laughs> I've got an I, I think I have an unread text from him right now. Like, I, no way. Yeah, last night I, I wrote to him and I was like, "Yo, dude, how are you doing?" And I I haven't read the message yet, but um, that's that's <laughs> personal. Like, um, but awesome. no, no, he's a chill dude and he's like he really cares. He um, I would I would say amongst the dance music community, there are a lot of fakes out there. Mm. Ar- Armin isn't one of them. I-, I was skeptical at first. Sorry, Armin. Um, but you know, <laughs> I, like you know, whenever you have like a celebrity contact, you you wonder what they're like because, like, you know, That's some, one of my ex girlfriends. Um, shit, she's gonna kill me for saying this, but doesn't matter. <laughs> she doesn't have my new number. Um, <laughs> Um, is, is she, she was on the Big Bang Theory and her sister was, uh, Kaylee Kawako that she plays Penny from Big Bang Theory. And that's your ex-girlfriend's sister. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Casual. All right. Continue. <laughs> and like, so I was like in that world, like I, I would get to see like, yeah, wow. what, it, what it was like to see like celebrities being in their, in their environment. And, um, they were lovely people and kind people, and um, I, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say bad things about the the people that are celebrities that have been turned out to be terrible. 
But I can tell you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I've learned is that you know, even though she's my ex-girlfriend, um, she was just a kind, caring person, and her sister being her sister That's being wonderful. one of the most famous people in the world uh, was a kind, caring person. And um, I'm just a mess. <laughs> so <laughs> like, like, for them to take me in and just be sweet to me is nice. And like to have Armin like reach out to me to see if I'm okay and doing all right is awesome. Like, you know, it, it, like there is a saying, it's like, never meet your heroes. Like, but I would, mm-hmm. I would say like, meet your heroes with caution because I've, Oh yeah. Be, be skeptical. Yeah. I've met some of my heroes. And I thought they were cool for a few years and they ended up being really like dangerous kind of lying. And then you, and then you actually saw your hero, right? Yeah. Then, then basically I, it's like Superman, but you take the cape off and everything. And then just a dude standing in underpants looking like a fucking twit. And I'm <laughs> just like, like, you know, but, but, but to speak to the people you've named like Armin, He's a lovely human being, and I and I I feel like I I got that vibe. I did his so I was producing slightly or for a couple of years, and I actually did his master class. Um, just to, I I knew he was someone I really loved his music, and he was just obviously a huge. He's always been a huge name. Um, so I found that class really just intriguing. He seems just wicked intelligent. Is kind of what I draw off, and he's just taught me so much. He's, but. He, he's he's like the uh, he, for me. He's like the example of, I'll tell you a funny story. Actually, if you, if you want cool stuff for your podcast, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> so when I was 16, um, at that age, you got to remember like puppy high school love. I was like madly in love with this girl named Josie. And we were like, it was like, for me at that age, it's like, she'll never, no one will ever like have her. She's we're together and that's it. And we went to a show and, um, like she got so excited over Armin's set that she like took her top off. And I got so jealous. I said to myself, one day I'm going to meet this fucking guy and I'm going to tell him, fuck you. And... (laughs) And, and I ended up going about my career in life and played shows with the world to like tens of thousands of people and stuff. And only, only yeah. recently did he, uh, did he like, how do I say this? Like become closer as a friend. And as a joke, I wrote to him, fuck you. And I think the message I got back was like, I don't understand. And then I told him the story and I said, I was so jealous of you when I was 16 because, and it wasn't his fault at all. (laughs) Oh, but that changes a man. That changes man. When you see, you got to go through that. That's trauma. That's trauma. Yeah. But I got to do it. You know, like I got to, I got to, did you actually get to say? He was like, I don't understand. I can, I can imagine him. He'd be like, what did I do wrong? And then I explained and said, you know what, dude, I just, for about 15 years, I had to get that off my chest because I promised myself <laughs> I would do it. And he's like, oh, cool. Well, I hope it's like water under the bridge now. And he's like, so chill about it. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, it oh my anything. God. It's like so silly. 
like you know he was like so it was so dumb but yeah the, the fact that he reacted in such a cool manner made me go chill about it this guy's just a, like he's just a legend like he's, he's a homie like, yeah he's, he's a homie. homie i like i love him yeah, like, <laughs> that is and, that is awesome. And I left him with the confusion. Like I left like two hours of like not explaining why I said fuck you. <laughs> he, he says, and, Tyson, and he, you have something mistaken. And he has nothing wrong. Like, he did nothing wrong. He's just playing a show. Like I mean, yep. I've, I've played shows before, and girls have like taken their bras off and thrown them at me when I'm on stage. Oh, and all congratulations! Yeah, nice, very nice. Well, I'm just saying, like it can happen to any artist. But that was a cool full circle story, you know, like it's a cool, like, yeah, no, that's, I, that is wild. I love those kind of stories. And I've always thought about that just in make respective industries. Like, I think one of my coolest experiences was like being at an, um, national football league and out here in America, the, the combine they do for college athletes coming to the pros. I got to be there and meet athletes. And I was like, I can't believe this is actually fucking happening right now type of thing. Um, but that story is, is wild. And, uh, very, very happy that Armin's a cool guy. Um, and I think, I guess that's a good metric of, have you made it is when the bras start getting coming your way. I think it's a good metric. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's like a way to measure it, but yeah. Um, I think once you get your first one that counts and you can say you made yeah, it. Yeah. I often wonder then like, you know, life is cyclical. I wonder if there's someone else out there in the crowd who's seen me play thousands of people and their girlfriend has like thrown their bra or something and they got jealous because they were like 16 or 18 and they're going to one day come to me and say, Hey Tyson, fuck you. Like, you know, and, and, and you know what? The lesson that I learned from Armin is like, just go like, you know, I'll, I'll be like, I understand, man. Like, like, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I understand, and I'm sorry. Like, but, but the thing is, there's nothing to be sorry for. You're just playing a show, mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah. it's just that that wild world of how music affects people, and and how it yeah, and how it plays on people's emotions. But I, I love it. I I completely agree. Music does that same thing for myself and so many others, and that's why it's such a cool thing and like elicits so much emotion. Like my last artist or that I just had on, he just makes instrumental. EDM music and like for that kind of music, it literally tells a story without a single lyric really being said. And that's like such a cool process to be able to create that kind of vision and story just throughout elements and sounds and layers of synths and shit like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, so you have, a, you actually have a Wikipedia page. I think you're the first person I've ever talked to who has a Wikipedia page. You know, how cool is that? And is I that accurate, information I, accurate? I, I, don't read it. I, 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 I don't know who made it. And I, and I, just, I, yeah, I guess just, um, I don't know how that happens to be honest. I, I definitely did not go in and make a very vulgar comment just to get a reaction. That was not me. And, uh, they should have that. Wait, is, right it, is there Wasn't something? <laughs> should you write something on Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I did. I would never, I would never. <laughs> No, I just had to see if you're. I just had to see if you're checking no, that every now and then. No, I'm uh, too. I'm no. too busy making music, man. Like I, I'm not. I don't. I As mean, you should be. The stuff that gets thrown at artists is wild. Like, you know, like all it takes is for someone to say, "Oh yeah, I met Tidy and he did this," and that allegation can be like really just, bad. Just- Tail just spiral can spiral out of control for no good reason at all. Yeah, no, that 
makes total I have sense. A funny, I have another funny one. So um, I won't name names, but like I dated this girl and she's like amazing, super talented, beautiful, and deserves all the love in the world. And someone put on my Wikipedia, like it, they, they created a section called personal life. And it was like naming the people that I dated. And anyway, we broke up and then like it was retracted. So I always like am questioning in my head, did like they go out of their way to like to like delete it or who the fuck is writing that? I don't, I mean, they I must don't, be close to the situation. Uh, like. How much they really like how much they really care, you know? Like they can you be so bitter that, that you're like don't want to, to be associated or just like because it's one thing i've seen like you're not listening to mention that i have a wikipedia page and um honestly it's like i don't care too much because like in the world of having fans you're gonna have stuff written about you all the time in the media but like to have something redacted is interesting it's like what was the motive and why so i don't know no, that's yeah. that's kind of funny, but I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, I mean, when you have fans because you you're making great music and shit. I mean, anything anything can happen in the wild world of the internet, in which we in which we now live in. Um, yeah, but you know, so you actually recently, I think it was a couple of years ago now, you worked on a uh, collab project with a Grammy winning composer, Christopher Tin. Um, yes, for your he album, is the man. your album Collide, and it was a cool album. Um, it was placed on Billboard's top dance albums at number fourteen, and I, my personal favorite from that one is "Closing It" or "Closing In." Uh, so that's a just that, a that, very that cool. That was our lead sing. That, that was, was our cool. lead single. Yeah, that's right. I saw I saw that. That is a cool fucking song. Just really symphonic and just lots of space and power in that track. And I think Dia Frampton um, is on vocals oh, for that one. Oh, she nailed it. Killed so it. Just wonderful. To- I've got to say, like, so, like, what's so cool about that? Like, I mean, the album as a whole is beautiful, but it was always, like, in my, it was always at the back of my mind because I, I when I studied at the Conservatorium of Music, and I have a degree in um, in music, Bachelor of Music and Technology, um, I knew that one day I wanted to make an album with an orchestra, but um, mm. I never knew, like, when it would happen, and then I... I guess life just does what it does. And I, I met Christopher Tin, who I can say is like, I swear, I swear he's like from heaven and just like, he's not a real person. <laughs> he's like an, an angel that just like came down and like, I got to make this entire album with him. Mm-hmm. I'm like a two times Grammy award winning composer in classical. Yeah. So, and I'd studied classical music, but Working with him showed me how shit I was at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, 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 I would be like, yo, dude, like, what do you think about if the, if the saxophones do this? And he'd look at me and he'd say, you realize, uh, they won't be able to breathe. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, look at it. And I'm looking at it and he goes, where have you left room for them to actually take a breath? And I'm like, oh, you're right. And he goes, so, so I guess it, it made me realize, like, you know, these are thoughts that 
you have to consider when you're writing for a, a live orchestra. Yeah. And so I was going to so, ask, was this like the most complex like studio sessions you've ever had in your life? Like, were they? I'm sure they were a blast. You guys like just kicked in, had a great time. But like, were these like complex sessions for you at least? Oh yeah, I mean, they were. I wouldn't say complex in the sense of like working with Christopher Tin. I wouldn't say complex in the sense of like a bad complex. I would say more just a really steep learning curve. Like if I didn't do that album collide with Christopher Tim, it wouldn't have led to what happened next, which is when Disney. I was going to say the dance on the dancing on ice, right? Or Disney Disney on on ice. ice. Yeah. Disney on ice. Yeah. They dance on ice. So like, so like, so I worked with Christopher Tim for years to get that album. And then once we released it, I had so much, like I learned, it was like having a free mentor. Sorry, Chris, I love you. Um, but it was like having a free mentor who just knew everything about every instrument and just, he's a total genius. And then I guess, you know, it's one thing to like learn from a tutor, but another thing to, what to write music with them. Mm. So he was very complimentary. He would be like, dude, your beat is sick. And like, this works well. I think we should do this. And I go, that's such a cool idea. I think that should lead to this. And we were like very intertwined with making that album. And at the end of it, when it came out, it was like, you know, cool. Like we, we did chart on billboard for both dance music and classical simultaneously which, which is wild that's just need, wild i still need to call guinness world records and see if that's I a record gonna say, i don't think that's ever fucking happened no way no how i like maybe the closest it's ever come is since when like maybe electric dance music started in, like the 80s when like rock and like <laughs> rock techno and like dance kind of all were like melting into one like i feel like it's the closest thing but nothing even similar it, it was wild to see the same album in classical charts as well as electronic at the same time. Um, and also it caused beef with Dead Bounce and like Joel is chill. Like I have no beef with him, but like, you know, like I, I, w- I would play shows and he wouldn't know who I am, but someone tweeted something. He was about to announce his orchestral album, which is purely orchestral. It's called Where's the Drop. And this was Dead Mouse? Yeah. Okay. And and someone tweeted, well, this guy's doing an album with an orchestra. And Dead Mouse tweeted, like, directly at me. Like, he was like, like, who, who'd fucking Fuck, do, dude. like, like who'd, fucking, who, who'd fucking mix the two genres? And, and I, I, I wish he knew me better because I love him so much and I love his music and Mm -hmm. like him being so influential. I wish I could say like, Joel, like shut the fuck up and let's get in the studio together, man. Like, like, (laughs) dude, like I'm friends with his friends. Like I just did a track with the rude, like, you know, the guy who made sense of me invented trance. Literally, like, maybe the greatest trans dance song of all time. I've seen a lot of guys get real sweaty on a dance floor to that song. Yeah, like, like where we're <laughs> sitting, where I'm sitting right now, I I was working with Darude on stuff, and he's like the nice. most down to earth chill dude. But anyway, this beef with Dead Mouse occurred on Twitter, and it just exponentially exploded, and I was like, 
what the hell? Like, why do people do this <laughs> shit so much? So I've just, I developed, um, I would like to say in podcasts and in the media, I've developed thick skin, but I do, <sighs> I do like crawl into my bedroom and like just hide under pillows going, what have I done? Like, you know, why do they, why do they hate me? Like, you know, I, I'm the, us artists. Man, I don't, no one I, hates you. Well, us no one hates you. There's no way. I, I don't buy it. No one hates you. We're good. <laughs> there are people. We're good. You know what? As long, as long as you're a friend of Audio Bistro, you're good. We got your back, man. We'll you call us in. We'll we'll beat up the bullies. We got you. Uh, it's well, literally just me, but I but uh, I got you. I'm grateful to say that there are new bullies. And you know what? Um, yeah, good. Uh, Damn right. They were scared. They heard me coming. And 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 Dead Mouse Joel, if you're watching this, dude. Like I know Twitter is a lot of fun, but dude, I was doing an album with electronic music with an orchestra. You were doing an album that was just an orchestra. They're both okay giving shit to one of them like like what do you achieve like are you trying to promote your album or are you just trying to put the little guy down like like what are you doing joel i'm looking at you um joel like and joel if you're actually watching this podcast like holy fuck dead mouse is watching my podcast too like this is this is this is a lot for me to take and i, I only have tidy on it right now and now we got to go uh, with yeah but but that mouse might yeah, be watching. Well, Joel, Joel, hey man, uh, I, hey Joel, you've got all the money in the Joel, Joel. You've got all the money in the world. I'll I will fly to Canada, get in your studio, and work on a track with you because I respect your music so much. The Twitter shit you did, the so Twitter good. shit you did was just trash. And like seriously, man, like like maybe bridge. maybe you've grown up since then. But like that, that shit, that shit doesn't fly, <laughs> dude. Like I'm making an album. Okay. It's got an orchestra and yeah, it's got a two times Grammy award winning composer on it. Like, are you jealous of it, dude? Seriously, Joel? But who's like, counting? Are you who's, je- counting? Are you, who's counting? Are you who's jealous counting? that someone else is working out? No, you're not. Cause you're fucking dead mouse, dude. So, so, so chill <laughs> out, chill out. Don't, don't get all heated on Twitter. And how about you get to know me as a person like uh, Austin here and we make something together that would be cool because oh, yeah. I love his music. And yeah. you know what? I think. I'm, yeah. Make beautiful I things for our ears. I think love should prevail. Lead with love, lead with kindness and don't diss people for no reason. It's just silly. So thank Just you. Dumb. No, Th- I completely. Thank you for listening, God. Joel. I'm happy I could. I'm happy I could uh, mediate that whole interaction for you and Joel. I did my part. Um, if I get the invite to the studio session, that's going to be super cool. Just like I feel like I played an integral by the, role. By the way, Joel, I'm sorry. I stole, I stole um, that um, bottle of vodka from your writer that time in Australia, the festival. Uh, <laughs> I, I did it because I did it because you weren't looking, and at the time I was just being stupid and um my ex-girlfriend wanted to drink it but not not that you would have noticed well let me let me ask you this because that that gives me a thought here you know you've been doing a lot of huge dj shows for a long time now you've you've, you know you've done shows with some of the big names you know you recently were on with the root again you know you guys are obviously close but you know who or what from your time djing um at any of these venues it's kind of like the always the first thing that comes to your mind when you reflect on when you reflect on your journey so far and like as a DJ. 
great question. Um, honestly, Armin, um, I I misjudged him, mm. and I thought that you know when I first saw Armin play live, I loved his performance, and I loved his track selection, and I listened religiously to a state of trance. Um, and and these days I'm not a trance DJ. Like I, I I play a lot of tech and techno, like straight up techno and house music. All it takes is like I, I was techno saying, is sexy. Yeah, it's, techno is sexy as fuck. And you oh, just, yeah. like if you go to like YouTube and you check out Tidy Live in Hollywood Hills, yeah, I play a lot of pop music in there because I've written pop songs that have made it to radio. But it's layered in with techno. But um, yeah. I just you had know, a pop, more pop song with uh, Jess. Was was her name Jess or? Yeah, um, Jess. She's amazing too. Jess. Jess uh, yeah, Jess. Like I. Yeah. Another thing. More pop song. I, I, another thing. Like I was sixteen, driving around. Um, the world was like too big to understand, and I heard Jess like on a track, and I just said to myself, "What? Like, what would it take to get her?" Like, imagine having a song with her. Now, now I wake up with texts from Jess saying, like, hey, darling, how are you, sweetheart? Like, like, you know, and then, and then Darude hits me up and Darude's like, yo, dude, we gotta do a song. And so I'm like, let's do it with Jess. And then, like, I'm also checking in. Aaron's like, hey, bro, just checking in on you. Like, not, not a bad thing to have those people hitting you up. That's kind of, that's so cool. You have just like that kind of collaboration right at your fingertips is, Freaking awesome. Yeah, like, I remember the time as well. Like, I was in Chicago, and Gareth Emery, who I, I don't talk to so much. Uh, I don't know him that well. But he's like, he knew I had a side alias called Wish I Was, and he was doing a TV show, and he thought it would be, like, a funny skit to have me come on the show and act like me. But then also my side alias was the remixer of one of his tracks. And he would say that's shit and then have to find out that it's still me. So I flew from Chicago back to LA to do that, to film that. And we shot it in, um, I think we shot it in uh, Exchange in Los Angeles. And um, that's somewhere out there in the world. But... Yeah, it was like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to have these like things like people see you on stage, they see, they, they see the, they see the animated version of yourself, but they don't see the stuff behind the scenes. They don't see the, like, you know, the Gareth Emery going, Hey, this would be hilarious. You want to do it? Yeah, I'm in. Or they don't see their arm and saying, dude, I just want to check you're okay. Actually, I should shout out as well to Andy Moore. Andy Moore gave me probably one of the biggest kickstarts in my career ever. And I like, loved the guy. Like, seriously, if he was here, the, the hug would last, like, a good 20... <laughs> Andy like, Moore, good guy. Good 20, Andy Moore, good yeah, guy. Yeah, good 20 seconds before someone gets kicked in the nuts. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Just guys being dudes at that point. Ooh. Well, let me. So you have you have a lot of influences in your music career, of course, and a lot of people you're close with and have made great collaborations with. One thing that's a little off the beaten path, then, in terms of not music, is you're also a big science guy. 
And apparently there's a scientific meaning embedded in your song tracks. So oh, yeah. please elaborate on, on that, whatever the hell that means. Well, if I told you what it means, then I'd be giving it away. So, well, uh, yeah, but like, I don't even know what I'm looking for at this point. <laughs> so, okay. I'll give you an example. So with the, uh, mix a little DNA in there. So with the album, wish, uh, so, so you now know that I have a side alias called wish I was. Yeah. The one of the albums is called On Your Mind. Now that album is so tricky, it like it changes time signatures, which means basically like um in, in yeah. play yeah. So you, you know what I'm talking about. I can see the pink Floyd in your Duff. back in your the, Yeah, no, yeah. But you know, you go ahead and explain in simplest terms for us well, on your mind, no, yeah, but yeah, I am familiar. Well like so like dance music you count it as like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. I would do songs on um the wish i was project that would be like in beat in bars of 13. so there'd be like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen one two three four so it'd oh. be like wild and then it's, and then it would change and then it, would, it makes me want to throw up and almost. then it would change like 70. but i did it in these like really stinky ways and so huh. it was a really strange album and I would give it some titles like Occam's Razor and Occam's Razor is like a philosophical <laughs> term and it just basically means the simplest answer is the most obvious answer. So like, you know, if someone says like, ah, oh, like I woke up and this like thing came through the clouds and you wouldn't believe it, but it was like a bright light and I don't know, someone could say it's aliens, but if you use Occam's which, which would be, would be so awesome. But if you use Occam's razor, <laughs> the simplest answer is the most obvious answer. Maybe perhaps the sun broke through a couple of clouds and you miss, you miss nope. saw it. I, I don't want to be a buzzkill at all in this interview. Definitely yeah, yeah, let's go with the aliens. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I've titled a lot of my songs with scientific meanings and I've also made sure that people haven't worked it out yet. But a lot of my tracks have anagrams built into them, into the song titles. So I'm, I'm waiting for that one person to find the right one. And that hits me up. Oh, but, son of a bitch. I'm going to be up all but night I, I will now. tell you this. <laughs> I will tell you this. I, I put out a tweet that was an image of just, just like, I think it was me doing something. I don't know what it was. It wasn't important, but encoded encoded in the image was was follow the white rabbit, and it was encoded in in the data of the JPEG. And someone picked up on it, and they reached out to me, and now they work for me as a an engineer, a developer. No yeah. fucking way. I was going to say, I had, do you got like some kind of coding or developer background? Because this is like some intricate shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say I'm the world's best coder, but I have the world's best coders working for me. So I, I, I well, am a company sweet. that I'm about to launch next year, and I cannot tell you. So don't oh. ask me any questions. I can't say about it. It's, but it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's partnered okay. with, with multi-billion dollar companies. And casual, no big deal. Living a heavy, a heavy dose of artificial. Oh my god, you're building the robots that that are going to kill us. You can say it if you want to tell us now. No, no, I'm not building. No, I'm not building. No, 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 I'm not building robots that are going to kill us. 
I'm doing it the other way around. So I did at some particular time for some particular company work for a company that was making music. They were, they made software that would make it so that you could just type in what you wanted and you get the song done for you. And I was working for this company for some time. And then I realized I'm creating my own death. I'm, I'm like, I was training the algorithm and I was, I was teaching it how to do, how, how, how to do what I do. But with machine learning, it's exponential. It's not a linear curve. It's a, it's a nonlinear, it's a nonlinear curve. It goes like, it scoops up. So like with a linear curve, you're like the learning, the learning phase is like that. But with a nonlinear curve, it's, it's like learning, 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 and then exponential growth. And that's where Moore's law comes into play. And so I, so I was training an artificial intelligence to make music that I could make. And once it started to spit out music that was as good as what I could make, I realized I've just killed my own job. (laughs) And guess what? Two weeks later, two weeks later, I get terminated. Damn. What the shit? Cause I, cause I, yeah. Cause I said, so do you know what I did? I'll tell you, you can be the I first. I would love to know this, please. Started a company with an AI to beat that. <laughs> you know what? And guess what? What? And guess what? They're they're fucked. They're fucked. That's fine. Hey. Yeah. I'm- unless they want to, unless they want to, unless they want to play ball. I haven't named a single name. These could be fictional. Mm. You don't know who I'm talking about. No but, idea. But you know what? I have I have an army of developers. If them, if those guys and Joel Dead Mouse are all listening, this is going to be absolutely just a crazy just like events to have happen in this one single episode. Well, well, yeah, exactly. So, like, if you're going to make an AI that, that basically, moves I actually, them, I actually think I heard this before, me, but it's so. Does it kind of like pull? Like, it can use old songs and old lyrics and it's the way they said something and then they can pull it because i feel like they i just i not too long ago heard about like that happening with people like rock stars who are dead maybe it was a Jimi hendrix um and they like recreated a Jimi hendrix song strictly through ai and not use yeah. and it was all it like pulls a bunch of bits and pieces from like every Jimi hendrix songs and like puts it into one all through ai and it's all just artificial Jimi hendrix or something like that kind of sounds like that's what you're talking about yeah, so that's called um sorry, I'm writing ten minutes late to this sort of thing. So that's that is called um data training. And so you're using an input data to train the AI to learn and the uh, the AI will build upon it and be able to replicate it. So I was involved heavily involved with teaching artificial intelligence to make music um as good as I can. Wow. Stupid stupid me. Yeah, put yourself right out of uh, business. No, yeah, well, I put myself in a position yeah, where I'm you, like... Yeah, actually, you put yourself into business, technically, yeah. But then I realized, you know what? I know every single one of their flaws. I know every single way they can fail. Mm-hmm. And now I can start a company that is AI-driven, that will have AI, and empower humans. So what I'm doing, which I cannot say yet, but maybe on a further podcast when it's unleashed, <laughs> the company that I own, that I am the CEO of, 
has big dog an artificial intelligence that will empower human beings to create it will find people around the world who are undiscovered discover them empower them and then absolutely kick that AI, that ai's ass and you know if i'm wrong if it doesn't work then it doesn't work but so far we've partnered with multi-billion dollar companies so I, uh, let's see what I happens i have so many questions yeah fuck them all um something good will happen I have uh, my brain is going off in a million directions of w what I could ask. I'm I work in the tech space and sales and just like in the identity tech space. So just like the thoughts coming to the top of mind here are, are uh, all over. But I want to keep it. I'm not going to let my this like rabbit hole brain endeavor too far. I want to keep it right here. And like yeah. I, I sound like you're late. Some so let me let me ask you this. We, we kind of mentioned here and there, and I want to dive a little bit more into the new album coming out. You know what what can you share from that? Uh, so far, you know, we've been posting some teaser content, you know, what can, you know, what can we kind of expect out of that? Yes. So, okay. So my new album, I mean, whenever you embark on a new album, you have to think differently. It's not like a, a collection of just like, here's the tracks I've been making and here's the album. I mean, for some people it can be like that. But for me, it's like when I make an album, it's different. Like it's different. There's single, 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 and then there's an album. And the album has to have like a, a context, a framework built around it. And this new album has before the club, at the club, after the club. Ooh, that's sick. So it has like three sections. So when you listen to it, you're like, okay, I like, this is what I'm going to listen to before I go to the mm -hmm. album, to the club. And then this is what I can expect at the party. And then Ooh. this is what I want to listen to after. So it's a, it's a chaptered album and it's very big. It's like 36 albums, sorry, 36 songs long. Holy shit. That is, I'm not gonna lie. That's really fucking cool. Like you just literally just played out an entire house party with just this one album and it like vibe yeah. perfectly. It was, everyone was peaking. Your music was peaking with everyone else at the same time. That's kind of, that's a sweet concept. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when my last album had a full orchestra. So what are you going to do next? How are you going to one up that? Yeah. That's so, a lot. Yeah. 36 songs. That's far from normal. That's long as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so long that like it would probably like break anyone who watches TikTok. It'd break their mind. Like they'd be like <laughs> like too much content. But I believe that there are people out there who will actually like. I think that an album is something to be explored. It's not like. You know, let's put it on and play it from start to finish. I want people to get this new album and go, all right, I've played a bit. I'll come back to it. Oh, wow. And every time, discover something new. Like, always go, like, what? Like, holy shit, I didn't see that coming. Didn't yeah. see that coming. So, so the new album is um, is out of control big. Yes. Also, also, quality control is heavy too. So like for every single song on, on the record, there's probably 10 to 20 that didn't cut. Like wow. they didn't make it. You just been cranking out. So how many songs, like how many songs are you making in like a week, for example? Um, I try to make, it, it's, it varies. That's a really good question. So like, I would say like in a week, 
I might I might make one really brilliant record and six okay records. But I'll never know what the brilliant one is. So it'll be like the following week that like my team has heard it and they've listened mm. and they've gone, This this one's insane. It's so good. But I hate to break it to you, your other ones are shit. Yeah. So, so like um I, How often I is it the one that you think is the brilliant one ends up being part of the shit group? It's usually the first one I do. <laughs> it's, 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 it's usually, it's usually like, uh, I get an album mode and then I'm usually like, all right, I'm going to do something crazy. And I do that track. Then I get on a high because I send it to like everyone on my team. I'm published with Universal Music. So I send it to them and they're like, this is insane. So what, what the hell did you, like, how did you do this? And then I'm, I'm like so ambitious that I try to beat it, but I can't. And it's generally the next five that and just like, huh. they, they kind of like don't do as well. And then, and then. I come back and make the next one. So I was going to say, you kind of set like, yourself into some writer's block with that sometimes. Yeah. If you look at my Instagram, it's like the latest two posts have been writer's block. Oh God. And, it's like, yeah. and here's another day with writer's block and how to overcome it. Writer's block is an absolute just piece of shit. <laughs> could, if there's one thing I could have done without my, in, in my entire life is would have experienced writer's block. I wish I could have never experienced it because it's shit. It's absolute shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone. I, I, I feel you. So, when are you kind of thinking of that album coming out? Then, like, are we thinking? Uh, um, I'm soon? thinking. I'm thinking like um, early. I'd love to say early next year, but probably like March two thousand twenty-three. Okay. okay, shit. Well, March twenty twenty-three. It is. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm obviously. I'll still be listening, but. Um, Definitely excited for that. It sounds like it's going to be a wild fucking ride up and down that album, the amount of times it takes you to revisit it and get through the whole thing finally. But um, final question here before we before we wrap up the episode. Did QuickBooks drop those insane fees they charge you to do your taxes for free after you produce an ad <laughs> campaign song for them? Sorry, what's the question again? <laughs> so QuickBooks, they always say do your taxes for free, and then you end up having to pay like 80 bucks to do your taxes for free. And then I'm asking, this, I'm asking, this question came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So you did a, you did an ad campaign song for them during like, the, so, oh, yeah. Oh, so I'm yeah, saying, yeah, no, did no, no, they no, drop that $80 I, fee? I have, did they drop the fee for you at least? I don't use them. Oh. I, ju I just made their music. Feel like you could have copped a real good deal for yourself there. Just I saying. potentially could have, but I didn't. I, I, I have. I have an accountant and a business manager and all of that. I, just, so. I guess at this point in your life, it seems like QuickBooks is far from the, the primal choice here. I know that, you know, I've been asking artists just the most, the most random question, making a new segment things, asking a random fucking I mean, question. You got me by surprise. I, I didn't even like, I didn't even set that one up. I was like, this question is so random. I'm not even at the fucking set it up. It's just that random. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must have been a fun time. I'm sure that was uh, not your favorite song or was it? Was that a really good song? I don't, even remember how it sounds. Had to be something elevator-ish kind of music. Something's like family uh, I, friendly. I, I mean, like, I, I don't know. Like, I can go here to the piano here. Like, hang on. 
See if we do this. Whoa. So let's like, let's like, you know. Live performance? Oh, fuck yes. Yeah. The first live performance on the show. Let's go. too much with the headphones on but Jesus. Um, on it, honestly i i just i just don't know like i just <laughs> don't know. i just yeah i just write stuff that's cool no i i appreciate it. that was the first ever live like anything we've got on the show so badass thank you for thank you for gracing us with some piano play it was wonderful oh, you're very welcome i'm sure the quickbooks jingle they slapped on top of that was wonderful as well <laughs> Well, I mean, I want to, I, I would love to continue the conversation, but it's been just fantastic meeting you, Tyson, uh, Tidy, uh, whatever, however you want to be go, go by tie-dye even apparently is a still a recurring problem. No, no, no. Go with tidy. <laughs> tidy. It's tidy. Um, yeah. long known for just being an awesome DJ, huge DJ in the game and just great, you know, techno dance music, some dance pop music. So Love what you've been able to do throughout your career. Um, huge fan of your music. And, you know, again, just thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And likewise, thank you for your time. Absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to have the time and happy to get to learn more about you, your background, your music, everything. It's, it's just been fascinating. Just absolutely fascinating. And uh, I can't, can't thank you enough. I can't, can't thank you enough. A pleasure.